Okay, we did it. Hi, Valerio. How are you? Hi, George. I'm well. How are you doing? I'm fine. And I, I always like to, uh, you know, um, highlight the fact that when I hit live, we need to pretend that we didn't meet before, right? <laughs> we we well, were yeah. talking like a few seconds ago. Nice to see you today. It's yeah, for the first time ever, right? Yeah. Um, no, hi, and uh, thank you very much for joining me. Um, just, uh, you know, my uh, usual introduction. Um, hi, everyone. If you're watching this, first of all, thank you very much to you as well. Um, this is just um, a little project of mine called the Security Bread Podcast, uh, where I invite cool people like Valerio uh, to, to just have a chat on some uh, recent security news. Uh, mostly for two reasons. First of all, uh, so I can uh, take me myself updated. So you know, I'm forced to to read some news. Uh, I need some uh, some external drivers, and uh, just because you know, uh, talking with other people with, especially with different you know backgrounds, different skill and knowledge can really help into the learning process. And hopefully, uh, you watching this, you listening to us can help uh, can help as well, especially if you. Uh, you know, interact with us uh, here uh, on Twitch live. You can, uh, you know, use the chat to um, comment or just ask any questions. Or uh, this video will be also re-uploaded later on uh, YouTube, and uh, the audio will be re-uploaded on Spotify and other, um, uh, you know, audio platforms. Uh, so feel free to have a, a look at those and uh, hit that subscribe button. That will always help. Uh, and yeah give us any feedback that will uh, help to improve this. That's that's really all. Uh, today with me, there's uh, Valerio Bianconi, that is actually a colleague of mine. Uh, Valerio, would you like to have a you know quick introduction of yourself, just to you know, know who you are? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Giorgio, and thanks for having me. Uh, so I'm Valerio. I, uh, as I said, work with Giorgio. I'm based in the UK, uh, although I'm Italian, you can probably spot from my accent. Um, I work in the uh, customer success technical account management organization at Vectra, uh, same company uh, as Giorgio. I've been, in, I've been working in the cybersecurity field for the last uh, eight years now uh, in a number of roles and different um, areas of cybersecurity, if you like. And um, yeah, very, very happy to be here today. That's great. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, that's it. We, I'm actually going to share my screen in a second, uh, so I can start. We, we can start with the with the first news uh, that we have today. Uh, so here we are. Just a second. Oops. Yeah, should be able to see it. So um, yeah, that's it. This is the first story we have, and I'm going to introduce it. So. Um, all of the news today, I think, are very interesting. But um, yeah, uh, there are different points that I'm going to highlight. The first story uh, that you can see on the screen um, is talking about once again the you know Russia-Ukraine uh, conflict, um, and particularly uh, the uh, I'm going to quote here because I don't remember the um, the acronym, but the SBU, so the uh, State Security Service from uh, uh, from Ukraine has uh, shared a report uh, where they are uh, describing how the, um, you know, um, the Russian party basically uh, had tried to um, hack into the uh, infrastructure, into the network uh, that the Ukraine is using for uh, also, of course, for uh, military communications. 
if you don't know, uh, this has been uh, in the news from a while now. Ukraine is actually using the um, uh, Starlink, um, you know, satellite connection. Starlink is a company from Elon Musk uh, that basically, you know, has all of this um, network of satellites deployed uh, all over the, you know, um, uh, the atmosphere, I will say, uh, and um, um, yeah, enable uh, companies, organizations, or even, you know, uh, states in this case, uh, to use this uh, as their uh, main uh, connection to the internet. And uh, since uh, Russia have been uh, targeting the network infrastructure of uh, Ukraine uh, for so long, uh, you know, Stalinka had been the, the perfect replacement uh, for, for the cable connection, basically, right? Something yeah. that they cannot easily reach and easily uh, destroy or disrupt. Um, so apparently the purpose the, the, of the, or the target of the attack was uh, the uh, Starlink um, you know, infrastructure. It's not really clear how that will be the case. I'm going into that in a, in a second. But um, yeah, I think this is the, the start point here. Uh, you know, satellite so so connection, uh, the fact that they could be a little more reliable, <laughs> at least during a conflict like this, and uh, yeah, how once again uh, the um, the cyber aspect of a of a war here is uh, uh, is is, a, is once again very very important, right? Um, yeah, I don't know what's the first thoughts you you had reading this. I had uh, um, you know a couple of them, but taking them for for my part. No, thanks. I, I think it's 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 really interesting to see. Um, that uh, Ukraine is using uh, the um, uh, you know Starlink, uh, let's call it infrastructure uh, or satellite system. I, I mean, I, I personally didn't know that before reading this article. Okay. Um, I mean, a couple of things there. I mean, I think the first one is I appreciate that this is probably not the most secure system uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think there is also the argument that this is a completely new technology, you know? It's, yeah. it's not perfect, I think. And, and, you know, I don't think anyone is criticizing uh, Starlink openly. Uh, I think uh, what I read in here just seems like a uh, description of what, uh, you know, you know, security experts on the Ukrainian front are saying. Uh, I personally... You know, there's just much you can do, and and as much you want at the beginning, you just want to implement those, you know, security uh, procedures by default when you build anything. Um, as I said, it's just a very, very new piece of technology. Yeah. I think it would be unfair uh, to point fingers at um, you know Starlink uh, at this moment in time. Obviously. I mean, I think so. That's the first point. The second one is, if an attacker is motivated, they will mm-hmm. hack you. I mean, you remember this Stuxnet attack in the early two thousand when yeah. uh, you know Israel. Yeah. So, if they want to get to you, they will manage to do it. And there are very different techniques they can use. You know, zero click and um, you know zero day attacks, etc. So, again, it's about what are 
your you know what can you do to ensure that you can spot those um, you know those bad behaviors those attacks um, in, a, in, in you know as quickly as possible and that you can recover now i appreciate you know we're in the middle of a war and the pressure mounts but the first thought would be they will get there uh, with security you know i mean rome wasn't built in a day yeah absolutely now that's that's it's actually very interesting um I, for what I know, because I, I read something uh, before this article, right? This was actually like an emergency, um, you know, um, alternative, right? So during the war, while the Russian uh, government was already um, targeting the network infrastructure of Ukraine, apparently Elon Musk, you know, um, basically um, interceded to say, you know, I'm, I'm actually giving Ukraine. Um, access to my, you know, to my technologies, to my infrastructure. So I guess uh, usually this is not the case. Usually you, you you will try to plan this kind of things in advance. So you also have the time and uh, the, um, you know, the possibility to, you know, not, not really make sure it's secure, but uh, do uh, whatever is, is you know, possible, right? Uh, to, to make it as secure as possible. Uh, now, during this very special scenario, of course, it's especially difficult, no matter the technology. And as you said, in this case, uh, attacks are going to be targeted, are going to be very high effort and uh, uh, motivated, right? So, um, you know, uh, they tried attacking Ukraine infrastructure before with the previous infrastructure, and now they are trying, and maybe, you know, they did or they will eventually um, no, succeed on doing it. Uh, regarding the satellite connection, I think there are a couple of things that, that are interesting. First of all is that, um, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not an expert, right? But my ju just brainstorming here, I would say that there's less um, uh, attack surface, like it's it's all you know satellites and only uh, the the antennas to to connect to them. So you can target the antennas, right? If you if, if you can find yeah. them, which is one of the possibilities. Or uh, and, and it's actually the case for that is described in the article here. Uh, you can actually um, try to target the client themselves uh, that that try to connect to um, to the to the network. What you know, uh, whatever kind of network is that. Um, I'm actually going to um, read a little more uh, from, from the article here. What the uh, Ukraine, um, you know, unit found out was that some of the uh, tablets that military, military was using uh, during, during missions uh, and that were stolen Right, they were gathered from the Russian um, um, uh, military, military, were found again in the battlefield and recovered. When they recovered these, these tablets, that again are, uh, you know, it's property of the Ukrainian, uh, Ukrainian uh, um, uh, government. Sorry, uh, they they actually analyzed it instead of just you know um, blindly using them again, which is actually very smart, you know. Chapeau. Um, and apparently they found out a list of different malwares, some of which or one of which um, was, you know, am I quoting here, uh, targeting the, um, 
uh, the satellite recognition. Now, for me, this is not, you know, really clear because uh, that can uh, mean every, anything and nothing at the same time. What exactly that means? But we are not going to the technical aspects because you know we don't know about it. It's just not specified. Uh, but it's interesting uh, the way Russia tried to to do this, right? So uh, collecting or stealing uh, actual devices and uh, installing their malwares, then you know um, leaving those devices uh, around in the battlefield. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, hoping that the, the Ukrainian um, uh, military will gather them again and start to use them, start to use some compromised devices. This is actually very similar to, you actually mentioned that, right, with the Stuxnet uh, incident. Um, you know, it's, it's the same thing as dropping USB sticks, uh, you know, on, on a street that actually contain malware and waiting for someone to actually uh, take that USB drive and just out of curiosity, put that USB drive on, on your computer and then uh, from there the malware can spread from the USB drive to, uh, to the rest of the network. Yeah, it's actually very clever. It's a very old technique and still very effective, apparently, right? Yeah, and I think it would also be interesting to understand, I mean, is satellite technology safe, you know, as a default? I mean, this is something I personally would like to understand a bit more because, I mean, when I think about wireless, you know, you think about wireless devices in my house, I, I made the decision of limiting the use of wireless as much as I can, you know, because I'm a big fan of wired connection. It's safer, it's more reliable. So I guess the other point would be, what, I mean, what assessments were made, you know, to ensure the, you know, we, we, see, we see that at work, you know, all the time, you know, companies will, you know, at a, especially at a certain level. They will assess products, services, you know, do all sorts of vetting, penetration testing, all of those things to ensure that the devices and products they use are safe for the company, you know, so they don't introduce more risks. I mean, and I don't know if this is public, I, I doubt this is publicly accessible information, but what kind of vetting, what kind of checks were made by, um, you know, you know, Ukraine or even NATO, because, you know, I think that a lot of the devices that are somehow connected to those, you know, a lot of, you know, like the, you know, the shell and, you know, the, the weapons that are used on the ground that are supplied by a lot of European countries, they will have some sort of connection with, uh, with those satellites, right? So, I mean, what, you know, what was the, you know, security baseline that was built in a preventative manner, again, assuming that some sort of compromise will always happen, you know, because when you play at a certain league, you do just assume that something will happen, right? So uh, I'm thinking, uh, I read up about something like researches from third parties uh, in, the, uh, in the past. Uh, there were um, some uh, hardware vulnerabilities so something that you can try to exploit if you get physical access to the to the antenna itself, right? Mm. And um, that I think that could still be a case because it's uh, it's really difficult to replace hardware to update hardware, right? Um, I, I don't know, uh, like 
how long ago I actually read this and uh, whether there's a new version of the antenna. So that kind of thing is not uh, the case anymore. But there, as you said, there will always be new new stuff and you know hardware, um, uh, you know firmware or hardware vulnerabilities will always be one of the uh, possibilities here. And again, especially during a, a physical conflict like this, you can definitely have uh, you know uh, yeah just uh, soldiers directly targeting those uh, those hardware and trying to steal in them so they can try to experiment something. So that could be a case, but the, you know, that that's surely scary, right? Because if you can somewhat try to access to the antenna itself, uh, the next step will be, um, you know, getting access to the network itself, right? So if you can get some level of access to the entire satellite networks, you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly, as you said, you know, how many levels of uh, security measures are in place in there, or if you can actually access to uh, whatever is going around, um, not only from the Ukraine, maybe uh, party, but also other organizations that are using the same kind of technology, right? Um, the other thing is that, you know, of course, it's... Um, so there are two things, right? There, there is the connection that is going directly to the satellites and uh, you know connecting to the rest of the the network. But locally, you're still you're still using like a normal uh, LAN network with uh, I don't know if cables or or Wi-Fi it depends on on the specific case here. So on the on the spot, like on Earth, you still have a, a normal network that you can try to uh, to access in the in all of the you know, normal means, normal uh, attack vectors that we, we already know. Um, regarding the, you know, uh, like auditing or checks that any organization should do when uh, um, starting to use a new technology. Again, I, I will say that in this case, they didn't have the chance to do many of them, right? It's actually specified uh, somewhere in the article, not sure where that, um, when Elon Musk proposed this, this thing right here, uh, Ukraine uh, tried to ask some sort of, um, uh, you know, recommendation from the United States uh, government. Like, is this guy someone we should uh, uh, trust and the technology from, from, the, from this, this company right here? But it's not really a technical check, right? It's more like uh, something regarding trust. That is, surely it's something, right? Surely it's something that you should probably take care of on that level. Uh, but it's not taking into consideration, you know, the technical aspects, right? Yeah. Um, it's like when you when you choose a provider from from any, you know, regarding any technology, and maybe uh, I don't know, as a or maybe public administration or uh, government stuff, you prefer some providers that are from some countries instead of others. Like yeah. It's something like that, but it's not really, okay, did we check whether there are any vulnerabilities? Did we check whether there is any hole that my, my uh, um, adversary can actually exploit? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think... Um... <sighs> I think this is a very interesting article because if I look at if you look at the bigger picture, um, 
like the logistics and the movement on the ground, it's a vital aspect of warfare. Um, I still remember the quotes from Napoleon generals and soldiers. This was what there was one guy who once said, you know, we'll think about Napoleon as a grandiose strategist. Said he, they used to say he wins battle with our legs. He would impose force marches onto his troops to basically, you know, he would force them to, you know, to, to, to march at night. And, um, you know, so that it was completely unexpected for the adversary uh, to see the French army to show up somewhere because, of, of course, you know, back in the days, it would, okay, you know, to do 20, in one day, I can do 20 kilometers. So there is no way they can chase us. They, they can, you know, they, we, we can stage a battle in one day. But by doing that, they were able to anticipate the enemy, right? And that was all about strategy, all about movement on the ground, physical movement on the ground. And that's how he won loads and loads of battles before the inevitable defeat. But it, it, fast forward today, uh, if we look at this situation now, I mean, you know, what they're trying to do is the exact same thing, you know, by looking at the, you know, the Russians, by looking at the satellite, they want to understand um, what are the tactical, you know, plans of the Ukrainian army um, to, to try and prevent them in a way or to try to take countermeasures. So, you know, at the end of the day, strategy uh, and uh, tactical aspects are still the same. It's technology that changes, right? So, so I, I think this is, I mean very intelligent what they are doing from a strategic perspective, you know, understanding what is my enemy trying to do? What to, okay, fine. What tools do I have at my, in my disposal, you know, at my disposal? Well, they're using Starlink. Okay, Starlink, what can I do about it? You know, is there anything I can do uh, to take advantage in a war? So it's the same thing. Uh, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, um, there are actually... So of course you know uh, like war is not exactly my my field right but if I if I need to uh, try to you know apply my knowledge to, to that kind of context there could be uh, two kind of uh, you know um, uh, high level purposes in uh, um, engaging with the cyber conflict right during a war you could have um, of course disruption you don't want your adversary to uh, be able to communicate because we are talking about communications, right? Uh, we are mm. talking the uh, about the ability of an army to, um, uh, you know, coordinate in the field and everything, know where to go, what to do, and everything. And if you can stop that communication, you're already, um, uh, you know, disabling uh, disabling uh, part of the, uh, you know, ability of uh, the adversary army. Uh, to actually um, be effective, let's say. The other thing, as you said, it, it's it's basically intelligence, right, or espionage, knowing what they are planning to do, knowing what they are going to do in the near future. Uh, so, uh, so I think that's that's going to be the purpose in this specific case, because again, let's say that the attack was actually successful, uh, and the uh, Ukrainian army start to use those. Um, um, those devices which are compromised without not noticing that there's some malware in it. And uh, 
probably, and this is just some guessing because we we uh, we probably we we um, will not get to know about it. But probably the first thing that uh, the Russian army will do is to start eavesdropping, right, uh, the communications and gathering information, uh, and uh, you know taking advantage of that. If I know where the army is going to move, uh, maybe I can, uh, you know. Uh, address that in a timely manner and yes. uh, do the difference, right? Yeah, no, and that makes a lot of sense because, again, looking at what happened back in the days, of course, you know, like espionage was not as sophisticated from a technological perspective as it is nowadays. But if you think about World War II, what really turned World War II was this German spy hired by the Russians, Richard Sorge. He was, um, I mean, not many people know about it, but it, it's really, really cool because I think it's consistent with what you just said. You know, this guy was a German gentleman, but um, he was uh, a communist, so he went to Russia, to the Soviet Union, they, um, you know, enlisted him, and um, they basically sent him to Japan, who was obviously one of the allies of Nazi Germany. Now, he managed to sneak himself into the German community, he told them, hey, I'm a German, I'm a Nazi. He made, he became best friend with the ambassador and the consul in, um, in Japan. He made connection with uh, very high ranks, rank military, you know, military personnel. And what he managed to do, which is absolutely fantastic, he, he had one of his friends, he built a radio. He basically mm. bought, they, they bought all the pieces of, of the radio. They assembled the radio in there and they were able to communicate with Moscow. Now, World War II, at the beginning, the Russians were losing on all fronts. I mean, the Nazis got so close to take Moscow. Uh, but obviously, start, and they were very, very close to capitulate. But Stalin had uh, a big army in uh, you know Mongolia, basically, you know, northern China, because they were really concerned of an attack from uh, the Japanese. Um, so what this guy, Richard Zorge, managed to do, he managed to convince or to influence, not to convince the uh, you know the, the, the Japanese government not to not to not to not to attack the Russians, but to attack the Americans in Pearl Harbor. And he gave Stalin this piece of information. So he said, "You can be one hundred percent sure. Move the army." And then he moved Sukhov, the guy who, by the way, took Berlin and won the battle in Stalingrad. So. Back to your point, gathering information, it's absolutely vital. Of course, now it's a lot more sophisticated. It's a lot more difficult getting that level of information. It's a lot more complicated. But then again, it's the same story, right? It's yeah. the same story. It's just the, the means. You know, back in the days, it was assembling a radio. Now you go onto satellites. You try to install malware, pieces of malware yeah. on and it's interesting what you said. You actually added a third point to what I said before, right? I was talking about, you know, disruption and then, um, uh, you know, espionage. But then you you also introduced um, influencing, you know, uh, what what actually will be the step, the, the, the next steps of, of your adversary. So I think that could be another another step in case, again, I'm brainstorming here, but if you are already into the network and at some point you can disguise as one of the, you know, uh, I don't know high-level um, generals or, or or whatever, and uh, start to introduce fake communications to to the army and drive the adversary in the places you want them to be, right? That that's maybe 
you know, even an, another step. So yeah, it's actually very interesting. I, I've, I've read some, some, you know, books on uh, intelligence in general in the past and how it developed with the, with the new technology. I actually, as usual, forgot all the names of the books, but uh, yeah, really, um, really suggest anyone that is uh, listening or watching to um, to deep dive a, a bit because it's a really, you know, interesting um, uh, field and topic. It's something that not all of us in the field will uh, get to really, um, uh, you know, uh, get in touch with. Uh, maybe, maybe luckily, <laughs> uh, depends on the point of views. Uh, but yeah, um, you know what? I think this is a very big, big uh, you know, news and and topic in general. We could talk uh, about this uh, for a lot of time, but I think it's a good idea to move to the next one. So before we do it again, just a quick reminder: if you're watching this or listening to this and you think it's interesting, please, uh, you know, uh, consider uh, letting letting us know your thoughts as well, uh, or and. Um, you know, just hit that subscribe button so that we know someone is, is actually interested in this and uh, we will just keep going, right? So, um, next news. Um, another very, very big topic here. Uh, so, the, the, uh, the thing here is uh, deepfake, right? That is a very big, I want to say it's not really a buzzword yet, but maybe it has been uh, some uh, some time ago. Um, it, this this article is actually a collection of different uh, events and facts, and I'm going over on uh, uh, introduce some of them. Uh, first of all, what we are talking about the fake is that um, let me try to find the words uh, AI application, so artificial intelligence application on uh, uh, videos specifically, but probably uh, even audio. Is a, is a thing uh, where you basically um, uh, simulate someone else's voice and appearance in, uh, of course, you know, uh, audio recording, video recording, or even live during a, um, a live meeting or something, even during a streaming like this that we are doing right now. Maybe, maybe not really. Giorgio Verticon is someone else doing this and faking my appearance and voice. Who knows? Um, so this is. Uh, let's say the, the topic and the fact uh, there are actually multiple of them. Uh, first one that I thought it's actually uh, very interesting is that uh, August 17th, and I'm reading here, uh, so highlighting for the people watching the, the video. Um, basically, Mandiant uh, documented or you know, just reported about um, uh, a phishing kit, basically. So uh, organization who provide um, tools and uh, uh, you know, documentation and basically guides on how to um, um, run some phishing attacks, right? So we, we mentioned this multiple times in the, in the previous episodes, but phishing is just a, um, let's say, social engineering uh, application where you try to, um, uh, you know, Steal some information that the person we are talking to will not usually provide to you, or just um, uh, you know influence the the behavior. Uh, maybe you want to uh, force someone to install something on their computer, maybe a malware or something. So that's that's what we are talking about. And uh, the, in this case, apparently, um, you know this uh, advertising um, on uh, uh, 
Telegram and some market forums, reading again. Uh, basically, they were providing um, some, some sort of tool or software to, to do some deepfakes, right? So um, you, you don't have any uh, particular technical knowledge, right, about AI or something, but you, uh, you intend or you are planning to run a phishing attack against an organization. So you go uh, to these um, uh, gentlemen and uh, just pay them in order to give you this tool or software and this guide uh, to, um, uh, you know, basically uh, find a way to uh, defake someone. So, right, you find, I don't know, uh, the, the perfect example will be um, you replicate the appearance of the CFO or any other C-level or executive uh, person of a target organization, right? And you communicate to someone else, again, in audio call or video call, and convince them to move maybe a lot of money to, um, uh, you know, to... Uh, to something that usually should not be um, should not be done by the company, so maybe your own account or something. Uh, this is very scary. You know, multiple people were talking about this about the possibility, right? That in the future something like this will happen. Uh, just uh, I I don't think um, many viable things were actually observed in the wild. This will be one of the first uh, of this kind, and. Again, the fact that someone can just provide you uh, like the technology that is ready just to use and you don't really have to have any, any knowledge to, to build it, this is, this is really scary, right? It's yet another tool in the hands of the, uh, you know, whoever has uh, bad, um, um, uh, you know, uh, goals or uh, purposes. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And I think, you know, this all boils down to, you know, progress in general, right? I mean, we, you know, now everything is available to people, right? I mean, you take the example of, you know, modern IT, you know, just a very simple example. You know, you talk to those people, um, some of our colleagues, you know, they've been in the wild thing, you know, like in the IT industry since probably the 1980s when computers were at the very embryonic stage, but they, you know, were those people spending a lot of time, you know, in their garage, you know, building computers and learning command lines, all sort of things. So now you talk with them and uh, everything is easy because they really know how it works under the hood. They really do. Um, and um, another example is cars, right? I mean, my wife, um, is trying to get a driving license. And at the beginning, I was trying to persuade her to go for a manual uh, gearbox car. She just wants to go for the automatic. But yeah, it's easier with the automatic, but then you understand a lot less how a car responds when you drive. It's the same with IT, right? So um, everything is a lot easier, but then uh, you don't really know how things work. And then... Uh, in a way, you're a lot less knowledgeable. Yeah, you can mm. reach to a lot of different things, but then uh, do, can you really master your craft? You know, can, 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 do, do you really, yeah. are you capable of making sound decision? Because you can be 
in the best possible, you know, you can have the best intents and purposes, but then if you don't know how something works, and this is the case, right? You know, you receive a phone call or you just receive a text message from your CFO, you say, oh my God, you know, how do you probe it? How do you probe it? I mean, this is training. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's chicken and egg, you know, do you want to give a tool to everybody? Yeah, but, you know, I also want people to know what they're doing. Because, you know, otherwise they can stumble on themselves and make a lot of mistakes, which can be quite scary and, um, you know, can, you know, basically yep. trip up. So, so that's, that's true. Um, and also, uh, you know, uh, very, very difficult to, to, uh, to find an alternative, right? Because the, the world we are living in today um, really, you know, many organizations, many uh so many fields are relying on technology today, right? And uh, that's also because, you know, technology is so so cheap and so available uh, and uh, um, so easy to use, right? That, that's the, that's the, the point. I, I think probably in the, especially in the last 10 or 20 years, we go to not, you know, uh, really create more powerful technology, much more on uh, let's create, you know, more usable technologies for, for everyone to use. So that you don't have to be an expert on the uh, what's happening under the hood of the technology itself, but just um, you know just using it to 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 reach your goals, to uh, provide a service, and so on and so forth. That as you as always as the you know pro and cons, right? Uh, you're you know many people uh, are working uh, um, thanks to technology uh, today. I, uh, I right now I am able to to do this with you from a, you know a, um, remotely without being in the same room, uh, and uh, I'm not really an expert in uh, I don't know uh, uh, streaming technology or or anything. I'm actually using a a cloud service m- myself. So there's so much um, many things that are so exciting, and at the same time you're really right. If you don't know uh, how your car works and uh, you're driving it and suddenly it stops, you don't know what to do about it. Maybe, you know, uh, uh, th- that was different uh, at the time when they, they invented the car or something, right? You had to know how, how it worked. You had to know how to maybe fix something uh, if you had to, to be stuck in, a, you know, in the middle of the road or something. And, uh, and it's actually interesting also to think about how these influences uh, you know, both the, let's say, good and bad people, right? We are talking about, you know, everyday life and uh, everyone life, but this is also the same for attackers. I always um, like to reiterate or stress about in this in this podcast the fact that, you know, attackers are just other human beings, right? Are just other people that just, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, chose a different way to to um, to live their lives. And um, in the same in the same way, uh, at the very beginning of the internet or the the computer technology, you had maybe very skilled hackers and very skilled, you know, cyber criminals who had to be very knowledgeable about what they were doing, how they were, um, you know, perpetrating their attacks. And nowadays, you can just, you know, go on Telegram run a search, uh, I don't know, a phishing kit or deepfake or something and pay a few, few dollars to someone 
to uh, to get to access to incredible technologies, right? Incredible software that permits you to to do, you know, uh, something that few years before uh, ago we, we didn't know it was even possible, and uh, without knowing anything about it, and and that's even scarier. Like uh, we have to think about that the potential attackers will will be always more and more because it's not just the skilled people; it's Whoever has, you know, um, uh, you know, bad intentions, right? Uh, whoever wants to target your organization potentially can do that without any uh, big efforts or big knowledge or big preparation. They can just pay someone to to get to anything they they really need. This is really scary, and it's, it's actually something that we will take again in the in the next news. It's something that it's basically the new business. Um, um, you know, um, how do you say it? Um, how how the cyber criminal uh, business work today? They are basically doing stuff as a service, in the same way uh, the, the normal organizations are doing, right? Yeah, and and they're getting very very smart. I mean, back to your point, you know, at some point you were talking about artificial intelligence. I mean, I was talking to actually, you know. A friend and um, he lives in a European country. He's got um, you know incredibly high, probably the most skilled um, security professional I know, and a friend of mine. And uh, what he was telling me is that something very scary. Just to bring the conversation a level, uh, you know, a step forward to what you were saying, LLM models, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, what they are seeing in this particular country is that. Um, this is being leveraged by pedopornography as well, you know. So people trying to camouflage what they do, um, they use this model to create those images to confuse the police. So the police doesn't know what content is legit and what content is fake. So this way the police doesn't really know where to go. Um, they, they will know in time, but they just waste time, right? So you probably go and chase something for i don't know two weeks that you then realize being nothing and then uh, the other the, the perpetrator manages to it's like a ddos attack in a way you know if you think about it you just launch a ddos attack to say everybody goes there and then you <laughs> attack something else right so it's uh in, you know yeah it's just uh yeah you know attacks are bad but you know then there are also other elements that are even more concerning uh, if, um, you know, when it comes to children and, uh, you know, Actually, more vulnerable people. What you just mentioned, uh, it's uh, it's perfect because I, I was, um, you know, reading one of the other facts described in the article, and uh, it's talking about uh, a researcher, an employee from, uh, uh, from CyberArk that basically, um, you know, uh, just as, as a way to... Uh, I don't know, just do a prank or uh, sensibilize uh, uh, their, their their people in the, in the company. Uh, basically, you know, uh, simulate this, this on the fake of the CEO, right? And uh, um, called, uh, did a the phone, not, not a phone call, but a video call with the, with the, the CEO and just shown as, um, as the CEO itself, right? So, it was him, right? It was the engineer, the researcher behind the screen. But what the CEO was actually seeing on the screen was uh, uh, the CEO face itself, right? 
and um, it is uh, disconnected to what you said because uh, um, the the this this researcher here then uh, took this uh, this research in a um, uh, you know in a speech in a talk uh, to a recent security com uh, conference and uh, described uh, what was the process to um, you know in order to be able to 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 do this and uh, the very start and it's uh, I'm quoting here again it's written here. Uh, was uh, starting to basically study some popular, you know, uh, deepfake pornography, right? That, that, that is one of the first things that came uh, to be uh, common to do with, the, with deepfake, right? So, you know, uh, uh, let's say, unfortunately, pornography is one of the first things that uh, really uh, they take, uh, you know, um, uh, place in the, in the internet in general, and it's... Uh, um, exploiting any new technology, right? And uh, the fact that you can create from scratch some, uh, um, some you know, nudes photos or, or something, it's, it's actually very, um, very usable for, for, for the people that are, uh, you know, um, gaining money out of it. So, of course, it was one of the first application of it. And, uh, you know, just the guy was saying that with just a few days of... Uh, uh, study and experimenting and work, he was able to uh, get the technology, get the software, and then started to just make it learn, right? Uh, from uh, images and videos of, uh, of his CEO uh, to then create a, a decent, you know, a simulation of, uh, of his face and, uh, um, and, and voice. Uh, it's actually interesting that he is saying that he actually has some issues with the with the voice itself, uh, with some uh, particular words or particular saying. Uh, you know, you, you could uh, determine that it was actually uh, weird or um, artificial or fake. But it's also um, it's also true that unfortunately we are used to have bad audio, bad video during meetings during everything because of bad connections. So you, you really don't care or don't pay really too much attention to it. So it can still be effective even if it's not 100% today and still tomorrow it will probably be 100% perfect. I was actually thinking about um, what is the countermeasure to this? What is the, uh, how do we protect ourselves from this? And it's probably, I read something as well, but it's probably just using the same technology to do the opposite, right? We use, you know, AI to uh, create a fake image. And uh, uh, there are ways, you know, there are some experiments on how to use the AI to recognize fake images from uh, the, the right ones. So it's, it's a constant, you know, run for uh, who get the new technology to do the the good thing or the bad thing, depending on which side you are. Yeah. Exactly. Um, great. So uh, I think I think that's pretty much it. Or again, we could talk about this for forever probably, but still we have a few other news that it's uh, worth to uh, talk about today. Um, next one. So here we are talking about another um, stuff as a service. So another thing is a service that uh, criminals are, uh, are doing out there. And, and it's maybe something that nowadays is not, it's very old, right? Um, uh, it's not a new thing, but uh, today, I, I think that most of the news out there 
and most of the things that you, you find searching on the internet about cyber criminals, it's mostly ransomware stuff, right? So that's the thing that you, you get to know most often. Uh, but that's actually another very uh, lucrative, uh, you know, business out there. And uh, this is the, you know, uh, what it was uh, referred to before as carding or, you know, collecting, um, uh, how do you say it? Um, financial cards or how do you say it in English? Credit cards. Um, yeah, credit cards. Uh, exactly. Thank you. Uh, so credit cards or nowadays even just credentials to the um, home banking accounts and so on and so forth. So basically, you know, collecting as, as many different um, uh, credit, uh, credit accounts as possible so that uh, criminals that can be um, uh, just steal the money out of, out of them or resell them to someone else in order to be reused or just, um, uh, you know, reinserted in the, in the market so, so they can, uh, you know, uh, disguise into the multiple operations they're going to do. Uh, this particular article is talking about the um, uh, so-called classes scam. Uh, so again, we are talking about a network uh, that is uh, even more expanding nowadays on, on Telegram. Uh, again, we have what, we, what it is called a uh, phishing kit. So this, um, um, this criminal group is uh, basically building all, um, all of the tools, all the software that you need in order to... Um, can run a, a phishing attack and eventually uh, collect um, either credentials or um, credit card uh, details. And uh, once again, you can just reach out to one of those uh, Telegram accounts or Telegram groups, uh, pay something, and uh, get to uh, get to access to those software that, with few clicks, can uh, you know create a, a phishing website. Uh, that is asking for um, uh, for card details or home banking accounts, uh, and maybe also resembling uh, the website from a, a legitimate bank. Right? This is there are also some numbers here. This is a report from uh, Group IB, and uh, you can see how you know uh, there are uh, two hundred fifty-one different banks that were uh, targeted. Right. Uh, in uh, 79 different countries. So, and, and this is also, this is very interesting. They are not really doing this on one single, let's say, point of failure. They have actually many different Telegram groups out there so that eventually, even if one of those is, uh, is going to be closed, they have so many others that uh, they can use to reach out to um, their, their customers, right? Their, their clients. Um, and uh, yeah, this is basically the same concept of before, right? Uh, you don't have to have any knowledge to do something like this. And um, this is actually very, very targeted because I think, you know, with ransomware as a service, we, we have discussed about something like this in previous episodes. Ransomware as a service, usually if you uh, pay for this service, you want maybe to target an organization, right? You want to ransom a company or something. If you pay for something like this, in my, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking that what you want to do is actually target a person, right, or individuals, uh, because you are really aiming for um, the, you know, personal accounts from from people or per personal savings, personal, you know, uh, credit cards. It's true that you can also do that with, um, you know, credit cards from from a company, but it is 
more effective when you just run this through hundreds or thousands of uh, individuals and gather you know the savings from from all of them right so this is actually in my mind mostly targeting individuals and uh, you know normal people there that don't have like a security team behind that is trying to defend uh, the company it's just about the awareness of the single person or maybe to the bank that is actually you know that should at least uh, try to uh, educate their their customers on the threats that are out there right yeah yeah and i guess that's also why in you know in banking at least what i what i've seen in the you know previous works as well is the financial system are always very 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 highly regulated uh, a lot of compliance um you know when it comes to uh, you know end user data you know gdpr it's a, it's a very heavily um uh, regulated industry i think you know th- there are also some techniques this is probably an old one right that was used, that was used back in the day when uh, you would just take a um, you know like a screenshot um, of a of a web page or a familiar web page let's say your banking your, your uh, you know home banking website or you know like um, you know your uh, supermarket or like grocery or whatever um and then uh, you just uh, you know uploaded bank on the on the web page as a png and then uh, you just uh, tell the, the, the person click here you know and th- then when they click on that particular um you know image it will uh, you know trigger the down you know the download of, of a malware or something and at that point it's already too late right of course that takes um awareness uh, but it, it also you know I, I i wouldn't be surprised if even somebody who is pretty skilled from an IT perspective could be, um, you know, could, could be, um, you know, like uh, Target, right. hacked, targeted or hacked uh, from, yeah. uh, from this kind of technique. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, this is, that's the point, you know, I guess that there are so many threat actors, so many motivated people targeting or chasing organization or individuals that uh, I, I guess it's probably that we have so far we've been lucky enough not to be targeted by <laughs> by those people if they want to uh, you know <laughs> it's not going to take long before they manage to to sneak through yeah this is this is a true and also like a um uh, like a mission that uh, i i personally uh, feel the the uh, the obligation to uh, to run through, like the fact that for many years, IT people or security people always said that uh, you know um, uh, it's it's actually the fault of the um, the users, right? When they they are hit by by a phishing attack or something, when they click on that malicious link or malicious attachment, it's actually their fault uh, that 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 thing happened. But I I'm actually not really um, I don't agree with that, you know, uh, point of view. And I think something is is actually changing recently because the point is, um, you know, cyber attacks are targeting um, computer vulnerabilities, right? Technology vulnerabilities, and that's something that we we know or we try to address in a in a uh, in a certain way, right? There are actually multiple ways, but uh, we we try to um, defend ourselves in in a technological manner. But phishing, it's actually 
the oldest thing and it's still so effective for a very um, simple reason. That is targeting human vulnerabilities, right? It's uh, social, social engineering is uh, targeting uh, biases, something that we have in our DNA, something that all of us, no matter you know how, how much are you skilled, no matter uh, how you know uh, knowledgeable you are, no matter what kind of job you are doing or in what field you are uh, doing that, you can still be uh, a victim of, of that. Uh, especially if you know uh, you are not, if if you are tired of you the very bad the uh, day at work or or whatever, or or if you are. Uh, working too much and uh, you have so many other you know tasks to do or something and you are not very paying too much attention on what you what you see on your screen right anyone can feel uh, can, you know can be a victim of such attacks and uh, it doesn't really have to be a really targeted thing in my in my point of view right just the um, uh, you know the the uh, how, how do you say it um, the right time, Right. Uh, if, if they hit you on the right time, on uh, on the very moment where you are not really uh, taking too much atten- uh, too much attention on uh, what you're doing, you can still be um, you can still be a victim. And that means that it's not about um, victimizing. Is that a word? I'm not sure. Yeah. It's not yeah, about yeah, yeah. You know, giving fault to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, of course, to yeah teach them probably, or make them aware of the kind of threats, which is a part of it. It doesn't make people completely, you know, uh, secure automatically, but still can help with it. And uh, with, uh, um, yeah, I would say just uh, repetition and discipline, right? If, if this is something that you do, uh, you know, uh, multiple times at some point, uh, like in the military, right? You learn how to automatically... Uh, respond to certain threats. It's still not 100%, but you can help in, uh, you know, reducing the risk of such kind of, uh, of threats, right? Yeah, and I, I would agree. I think that we, as you know, a society or you know, like professionals, emphasize probably too much prevention. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love prevention. I think it's the golden rule of life, you know, not only in security, you know, in every aspect of life, 100%, completely, okay? But I think, you know, the the upshot of this conversation we are having is if somebody wants to get to you, they will, whether it's you as an individual, whether it's you as an organization, whether it's you as a department, right? They will get to you. So it's about how do I make sure if we don't want to talk security terms and we, you know, it's a, how do you ensure you have a plan B? You know, what, what's your plan B if, uh, if you get hacked? What's your plan B if somebody sneaks into your house with, with a gun? What's your plan B if you gain too much weight because of whatever reason? So I think it's, and that's why in security, you know, and in companies, uh, there is this element of, you know, recovering from, uh, you know, a disaster, okay, it can be a physical disaster, but it can also be an attack, you know, it's, I think this is a very, very important aspect and something that is kind of worrying me if we want to broaden the conversation a little bit, 
uh, you know, people talk a lot about cloud, right? And, and that's great, but I, I can ensure you that when you go and look at the cloud security tools, most of those tools, uh, at least native tools, are preventative tools, which again, it's great and it's absolutely you know vital that those tools are there you know you don't want you know if you think of, you know, it's like you say you know in my house yeah you know i just want to put security cameras yeah but you don't have any door you know, so anybody can get in right so you put the door first and then you look at the security cameras but i think um there is a big job to be done in terms of ensuring that there are you know there is a plan b you know what happens if, what happens if, you know, and there are all those uh, role plays, because as you said, you know, it, it, it can happen to everyone, you know, it's not just the, you know, old person who is about to retire and uh, doesn't know, you know, what, what's going on and then clicks on something silly, no, it can be anyone. And I mean, it's not just fishing, you know, there's a lot of things that can be done, you know, you can still a token, you know, you can, you know, if you're authenticating somewhere, if you just have access into a network, there's a lot of things that means you get hacked even if you don't make a mistake, right? It's just the initial, it's just the initial step that you make into an organization that, yeah, you know, that's where phishing is important and effective, but, you know, it's, it's you know, it sounds a buzzword, but it's assuming the compromise, you know, all the times uh, and having this plan B in place. It's always it's always like that in cybersecurity, right? You you need to to put you know multiple layers of both security measures, but also you know uh, um, uh, even processes. The point is that of course you try to prevent as much as possible. We know for sure that it's not going to prevent one hundred percent of the stuff out there, and and um, at some point you need to be able, of course, to uh, detect so to be aware of that something is going is going on right that something is uh, is actually happening and to respond in, in sense of uh, what do I do now okay someone hacked me what what, what should I do how they you know how uh, how I block this and how I try to restore what is um, uh, you know what is uh, now gone or uh, how do I uh, make sure that this doesn't happen you know, again in the future. And uh, it's, again, it's so interesting to think about how this is so true for both organizations where this is, you know, um, pretty much something that uh, we are aware of, but it's also true for individuals. Like how many people out there are, are actually thinking in advance, okay, what if uh, someone acts into my bank account? Do I know what, I, what should I do? uh when i you know uh uh i will be aware of it right let's say that you know let's let's uh yeah i i i um i'm hit by a, a phishing attack i'm not really paying too much attention so i actually click on that link and maybe yeah later i think about it and i say oh damn it maybe i i had to uh to do that and uh, now this is this is bad but do i know what to do now right because that's the point. If you never think about, okay, maybe I should call my bank and make my you know, cards to be blocked immediately. Maybe I should uh, break my card. Maybe I should change uh, my, my credentials in the, in the website and uh, uh, so on and so forth. Maybe I should check my, uh, my application on my device is still enabled or should I block it from there? 
these are all steps that someone, uh, you know, and basically anyone, because most of the people out there are now using home banking or, uh, you know, um, uh, internet things to, to access their credit. Uh, the point is that not so many people will know what to do when the bad thing happened because the bad thing will happen eventually, right? To you or to someone, uh, you know, near to you because maybe, okay, maybe you are a security guy. Maybe you are so sure that, uh, you know, you will be never hit by something like that. You know, that, that's your opinion. Uh, good for you. But what about, you know, your uh, girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mom or your grandpa, uh, is hit by something like that. Maybe they don't know. Most of the people will not know. But maybe uh, you should think about that for the other people that you can also help to protect and help to to respond to some to to those threats. So I think this is this is very interesting how all of those processes and um, uh, you know measures that we as a field developed for the organizations are actually very true and very. Um, you know, uh, usable or applicable uh, for the for just normal people, for just individuals. We we actually have a, our own network, right? If I use a device and if I use my personal computer and a bunch of uh, IoT stuff in my home, I have my personal network that I should be aware of and I should know how to, you know, uh, take the very minimum defenses uh, on and how to to try to respond, even if you're processes okay i need to call my uh you know my uh it guy my you know my it friend to help me with that if you don't think about that and if that happens to you maybe it's too late when you start thinking after it happened right yeah exactly and i think uh, this again when you mentioned the network you know it ties back to the what we were saying earlier you know the under the hood uh, kind of discussion now i think uh, there is a generation you know, people who are adult, you know, uh, uh, you know, th th there will be some gap that needs to be addressed. But I think for newer generations, and again, I mean, I haven't gone to school for a long time now. I mean, my son will start next week. But um, I'm not entirely sure that at school we are teaching basic IT. And this is at the forefront. It's really important. It's really important. I think uh, it should be a core subject like math, like uh, literature, like science, basic coding. Because, I mean, how can you be, I mean, you say you want to reduce risk? Yeah, educate people, you know. Don't teach me like this kind of, like, you know, stuff about, you know, ethical stuff at schools, you know. For, I mean, let's not get there. But I think this is very important, you know, um, for kids. And again, it, chances are that even if they learn how to code, which is something I will never learn, by the time they get to my age, they, they, they will already be dinosaurs. But at least they, they, they master something, right? It, it's like being able to read, you know? Yeah, I have to be able, you know, we all learn how to read a book. But I think that now the next, uh, you know, the next frontier, uh, the next uh, area, uh, the next challenge is learning how to, to speak the language of computers, you know, and uh, that's how to learn. How do you how do you read a piece of code? How do you understand? Okay, this is probably not for everybody, but hey, yo, I mean, when illiteracy rate was ninety five percent, you know, a few year, a few centuries ago, maybe people, you know, having a chat, maybe not here, but on a on a field or somewhere, would say, yeah, you know, but 
you know, you know, most people wouldn't be able to eat, but now people can, right? So I think it's just about, you know, having the willingness and the motivation to put those kind of programs in place. Because again, you want to reduce risk. Yeah, just, you know, don't give people a fish, teach them how to fish, right? As they say in English. So I think uh, that's something very, very important that should be action immediately. But, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I'm so in love with this topic that I could start you know, talking about this for, you know, uh, uh, the rest of uh, the rest of the night. Uh, like I'm perfectly agree with you, by the way. Uh, I really think that, uh, you know, technology and uh, networks are in our life so, so deeply today that you cannot really uh, avoid to uh, know the very basics, right? You don't have to be an expert, you know, not everyone can be an expert at uh, everything, but the very basics, it's, uh, I think it's really, um, you know, Quite mandatory to know for 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 the new generations at least the generation that are you know starting um, to to leave this world so um, so filled with uh, so much technology. But I I unfortunately have to stop this um, you know uh, discussion right yeah. now just because we have still another news and I don't want to uh, yeah. to go um, you know uh, too too late. Um, Again, very, very quick reminder, if you are still watching this, if you are still listening to us, I, uh, you know, I will really appreciate if you uh, would like to leave a comment or share this or uh, even hit that subscribe button uh, because you will just let us know that uh, you, uh, you like this and maybe you want more episodes. So uh, I just know that uh, we, we should continue to do this. Uh, thanks. So, um, just to reach our last news for today, and I, um, I, I promise that, I like that yeah, yeah, this is. I think all of them were were interesting, but of course, I always try to to get one of the most interesting ones and get to the end of the episode, and it's uh, and it's actually the one that is going to give the name uh, of uh, of the episode, right? So today's episode is um, um, the government breaks into your PC. To kick off the attackers, right? The the hackers, um, and uh, and it's uh, I don't know, it's it's mind blowing. I'm going to introduce this. So we're talking about the uh, U.S. government and uh, the uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. The Quackbot, Quackbot, or something like that. Quackbot. Um, okay. Yeah, like uh, that is uh, um, uh, very. Um, uh, very common, you know, uh, malware, botnet, or even, uh, uh, let's say, um, you know, groups of compromise, uh, compromises and, uh, and attacks that recently is, uh, uh, is so much used by many different groups, actually. Um, it's one of those, again, um, tools and technologies that um, groups rent to other people. So you can see that used by many different uh, uh, other groups. Um, it's a, it's a very it was apparently a very big um, uh, botnet. When we talk about botnet, uh, just a just a quick uh, uh, parenthesis here. When we talk about botnet, we are talking about a network of um, devices around the world that were, uh, were being compromised, uh, and then now they are actually used as part of the attackers' uh, infrastructure to run um, you know various different kind of uh, other attacks. Uh, you know, even DDoS or um, 
uh, other kind of uh, other kind of stuff. So Quackwat was or is still one of the um, uh, most renowned outlets out there nowadays. Uh, but the U.S. government and especially I'm going to read it here. Uh, Department of Justice and uh, FBI um, run a, an operation, actually an international operation, to address and to um, basically uh, try to shut down uh, the botnet or at least part of it. Now, how they did it is actually very interesting. Um, so there are different ways that you know law enforcement or uh, intelligence units uh, can uh, can try to. Um, uh, address this kind of, uh, of organizations. Uh, of course, they can try to um, trace uh, the the very people that are running it and just you know uh, arrest the people so they can stop running it. Um, of course, all of the organization are, are trying to prevent those uh, those botnets or those malwares, those attacks to um, to get in their networks. But still. There are a lot, you know, if there's a botnet, it means that many uh, organizations, many devices were already compromised, right? So someone needs to, uh, at some point, try to eradicate uh, all of the history of, uh, of attacks by, by this, um, this malware, right? Now, what the um, US government did this time was to uh, potentially, and I'm guessing it because it's not specified, of course, uh, try to uh, what they call hack back. So they hacked into the actual infrastructure, actual command and control of the botnet, and they eventually, uh, you know, got access to a to a dashboard. So like a um, a panel from where the attackers were actually controlling the botnet, right? So getting to know how many devices are there and um, potentially uh, send commands uh, to those uh, to those devices, and um, um, uh, once got access to that to that platform, uh, since this spe uh, specific malware is uh, is actually what they call a loader or a dropper, is basically a malware that um, you know infiltrates in a device and then is used to uh, deploy other uh, piece of codes, other exploits, other other malwares that uh, uh, you know will eventually run other uh, activities. They used it. So they used the very malware that was, um, you know, installed in the compromised devices to deploy, like, you know, like they call it like a uninstaller. So something that eradicated the malware itself and blocked the, uh, you know, the way of access basically. So blocked uh, um, the uh, probably access to the command and control and eventually maybe uh, try to patch the, the vulnerability. It's something I've read and something that I'm guessing right now. Um, and, uh, and, you know, just this thing right here for me is mind-blowing. So just to summarize, we're talking about a government that is basically, you know, accessing to uh, third-party devices all around the world and, uh, you know, deciding, okay, I'm accessing it, but I'm doing it for, for a good reason because I'm going to, um, I don't know, eradicate the attackers from, uh, from your, your own device. But still... You don't know about it. You didn't give any, you know, um, explicit uh, permission to do so uh, to them. So I think this is very, very controversial. Of course, yeah. it's, it's good what they did, right? It's, uh, um, it's not a bad thing, but it's very, very controversial. I think we can have a very nice discussion out of this. 
Yes, it is. And I mean, let me start by saying that, you know, it's it's great that this, um, you know, piece of malware has been removed. So I think, you know, it's it's great that, you know, we're now in a safer world as far as this operation is concerned, right? Just to begin with. So that's great. Yeah. The, the following point, though, is that I think there is an ethical problem with that because, you know, um, I don't want the government to intrude my life. Now, what happens here is that they've created a precedent. Now they've created a precedent. It's like, it's like during COVID, you know, they, they, they shut us all. I mean, not in the UK, luckily, but I think in Italy, for example, they basically put their people at home saying, yeah, you know, it's for the common good. They put everybody at home. Now they've got a precedent. That's the same, you know. What if you know, in five years, um, government, man, and they're very good at doing this, you know, mounting up some sort of, uh, you know, tragedy that is going to happen in our lives. And then as a result, they say, yeah, you know, but then based on that, we need um, access to your, uh, you know, to your network or to your phone and scan all, your, all of your photos, for example. You know, this is a very particular example. But again, the concept is the same. Once you've created a precedent, you can leverage you can expand on that i mean something that happened in italy i think it was 1992 or 1993 the italian government the italian state was going bankrupt uh, because of a number of reasons what they did the italian government they basically accessed the bank account of i don't know if all or many italian people and forcefully withdrew an amount of money i think it was one percent of those bank accounts or something which to me is outrageous so, I mean, governments already have a lot of powers and uh, I, I don't like that. I mean, I don't want governments to intrude my lives. This is, this is a very dangerous precedent um, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, like, I mean, I think I read about something not like this, but similar in the past always from the US government for some reason, um, where, you know, again, after um, chasing against uh, some uh, cyber criminals, uh, as a consequence, you know, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the agencies got access to some devices and uh, in order to eradicate, you know, um, also access to the uh, compromised devices. And I think there are actually many different levels of, uh, uh, you know, uh, concerns here right of course the first one is for sure ethical right uh we will find people who would think you know uh on uh, on on each sides of the, of the of the controversy right multiple people will say to you yeah but you know uh we need uh law enforcement to to do this for for justice or to do this for to defend ourselves so and and uh, i could actually agree with that right uh, again for what we know right from this article uh, it was actually a very good thing. At the same time, uh, it's still my property. Let's say that I actually had a device. I didn't know about it, but one of my devices was compromised and was part of this botnet. And uh, I'm actually in another country, right? I'm wondering, did they check whether the, the devices they were accessing were from the United States or maybe from other countries, right? I know this was a... Um, uh, like an international uh, operation. So they, there were other governments involved. So I'm not sure if there was something like, okay, all of the governments uh, involved said, okay, you, you can access even to, to, my, to my people devices. I, I'm not sure if that's a thing. Uh, 
uh, it will be probably even more concerning probably um but other than that i'm thinking like many of those devices that were compromised right many of those there there will be for sure you know personal devices but also devices uh from uh, network company networks right so from from corporates or something um in order to eradicate the malware they of course um you know deployed some software changed some configurations uh, you know did some stuff run some commands on the host right what you know no one is perfect in this life no developer is perfect no it admin is perfect what if they actually somewhere messed messed up with something right we, i we're not i'm not talking about ethical things right now what you know, practical things. What if my company has some hosts that were compromised, but they were also delivering some services to my customers? And because of your other actions on my hosts, we will probably never know for sure, but maybe uh, as a consequence, also add some uh, disruption in my in my service. My service, uh, service actually stopped for, I don't know, uh, for some minutes or for some hours. And then I actually lost money and then maybe some of my, now I am exaggerating of course, but what if uh, because of this, one of my customers sue me uh, because this happened. So there there could be some consequences, right? And uh, since the devices will not be all the same, I can have the same device as you, uh, as you but I can configure it so that it's completely different. It, there, it will be, it will have a, a lot of different softwares and so on and so forth. So an action that you you, you take on your device will not have the same, you know, uh, impact the, the same consequences on mine be just because I had a different configuration on it. So my question is, how did they, uh, you know, um, add any concern about this? What happens if I actually change something? What happens if I close this communication to this uh, um, to this website or or whatever? Their government, they can do anything they want and they can get away. If they, if they fail to collect your rubbish at your house for a weekend, they are fine. If you fail to pay your council tax, you, you're not going to go to jail. But ultimately, if you refuse to pay that particular tax, they will take you to jail. That's what they do. It's double standards. That's government, man. That's what they do. Another aspect I would stress there is the following. Um, so if they say, I mean, the argument, oh, yeah, you know, law enforcement should, um, you know, like, uh, you know, intervene, etc. Okay, then why don't they uh, protect uh, the network of all companies in that country? They pay tax. So, I mean, you know, I think it's important to draw a line. Um, now, I mean, uh, I don't know if some of those devices, I mean, if those devices were managed, some of those devices were managed by the government, and we were owned by the government. Okay, fair enough. You know, this is your property. Um, fine, but you know, as you said, there are a lot of items. If they find out that there is some sort of, you know, vulnerability in some of my devices, where there is a company, where there is a device of an individual, you just let the person know that. Thank you very much. I, I paid you taxes for it, but whatever, that's fine. Um, but yeah, they they. Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, I, I, it's great that they managed to eradicate this bit. So you know, 
I don't want to sound like, uh, <laughs> um, you know, a bad person or anything, or, but I think uh, the ethical concerns are, are big. And again, you know, we are using double standards because, again, you intervene on my infrastructure. Okay, why don't you take it all over? Um, you know, um, so I think, I think it's a very contentious aspect. It's very spiky. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not even necessarily I'm not even that sure that governments have the skill set out there you know you and I know people you know, some one person uh, who you know or, or people who worked in the military they can tell you you know a lot of people who work in the military and then left the military have a lot of knowledge but um, you look at a lot of those you know, local government organization, the skills that are there are not the best. I mean, even to give you an example, you know, universities are public in most countries. I mean, a lot of universities are managed by the government, right? In, in one way, shape, or form. Um, so in a previous life, I was looking at a master's degree of a state university in, um, in security or networking. They're still teaching things such as the token ring, the token ring. So, I mean, what, what are we talking about? I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't want governments to, you know, like manage the, you know, cybersecurity strategy. I think you've got companies, you've got skilled individual. You know, they, they can create boards, they can create trust, they can create organization, they can create, you know, sec, you know, compliance standards. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I. I, I don't really like the government intruding, but, but they will keep on doing it because most people love the idea of a big government, and that's why they keep the governments all over the world keep growing and growing and growing. That's because most people are happy being told what to do. Yeah, I mean, like I think again that probably both sides of of this kind of. Uh, um, you know, discussion here will have very good points, probably. Um, like we we had similar discussions in previous episodes regarding, uh, um, you know, uh, not as much about uh, surveillance, right? So many governments are pushing to uh, get uh, access to encrypted connections and uh, so on and so forth. Again, for very you know uh, uh, good reasons on the paper but still with the so big consequences that maybe most of those people are not really you know understanding what you know because they, th- those are technolo- technological uh, consequences and just uh, you know someone that is uh, working with just an expert can uh, can really understand it uh, and but still I, I don't think it's so easy to reach um, um, you know a, a solution to, to this kind of controversy this is something that Will probably go on for for so long. It's, it's something that will continue to go, and there will always be, you know, some governments that are more, uh, you know, uh, going to be uh, a little pushy on these things. Uh, some governments that will just take it as granted. Okay, if if I find something like this, I will just access to them and uh, do whatever I like. And maybe some some others could be a little more, uh, you know, um, just uh, privacy savvy or something. Uh, regarding their their people at least um so it's 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 something that it's good to
to discuss about. It's good that there is a discussion, right? It's good that there's some uh, exchange of uh, uh, thoughts and opinions between, uh, especially, you know, the private sector and the public sector, right? Uh, also because of uh, what you said before, uh, unfortunately, we know that, um, yeah, generalizing the public sector is not, uh, doesn't have access to the same uh, skills and the resources that the um, uh, private sector has, mostly because of, you know, money. Uh, it's it's very simple in my in my point of view. Uh, most private companies can can pay a lot more for the same resources, um, but yeah, at the same time, if there if there is like a, an entity like an organization that is entitled to do something like this, of course, it's not going to be a private company, right? I would probably be even more uh, concerned, even more outraged. If uh, you know a company will have done something like this, right? Here I'm concerned. In the in the other way, if, if a private will do something like this and just randomly accessing uh, other people's devices uh, to do something, it will even you know uh, be even worse. So uh, so it really depends on uh, what is your point of view, what is your you know um, what is your consequence. And and at the same time, I'm also um, so I like reading news. This is one of the reasons why I, I, I do this podcast, right? It's something that helps you a lot. But at the same time, I'll also know that, you know, we don't know all the aspects of the story. We just get to know a part of the story. So we don't really know exactly what they did. It could be a little of, uh, you know, uh, advertisement just because they did a so very big and good thing. It could be that what they actually did technically uh, it's a little different and change all the story because you know I, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. But if they just you know um, stop the connections in some way from the from the command and control instead of actually accessing the uh, compromised devices, you know you could probably reach um, more or less the same result without doing any uh, you know. Um, uh, compromising again those uh, those hosts basically yeah. yeah so it really depends on the details that we will probably never know right so again i really think that the good point here is discussing about it having different opinions uh especially publicly because uh you know we have to have a public uh, argument a public discussion about this in order to to reach some kind of results whatever side are you in the in this, yeah. uh, this discussion Agreed. And uh, just a nugget for you. Uh, do you know what's the country with the most uh, CCTVs in the world? The UK. Talking UK, about really? UK, yes, it's the country with the most CCTVs in the world. So wherever you go, I mean, uh, and it's mostly used to give you fines and tickets uh, when you park the car or access places that you are not supposed to <laughs> so, so you actually meant like a public cctv is in like in the, the street or something right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I think I, i've actually read about this somewhere and i've been in there i, I saw that you know you can see them uh, you know around in the the cities and everything Sometimes when you drive, they also hit the security because sometimes, you know, when you're driving somewhere, you, you don't know, right? And you say, okay, you know, where should I turn? Okay, I have to park my car. 
where do I go? Do I have a red light, a red light here? Or, you know, can I park? And then just because you are focusing, then you just miss one security cameras and then, uh, and then you are doomed. Or maybe you just, uh, or maybe the other way around, you want to go somewhere and then you say, oh no, is there, a, is, is there like a CCTV? I'm not able to access. And then you, you know, maybe drive over somebody on the zebra strips or something. So <laughs> it can, it's a double-edged sword. It is, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's always it's always interesting, you know. Um, yeah, getting to know how much, uh, yeah, just the public administration is, uh, uh, you know, messing around with the with our with our lives, or uh, or just find that threshold. Like, how how much do they need to do it, and how much, you know, it's just you know uh, just a little too much, basically, right? Just yeah. uh, I, I feel um, too heavy on my on my shoulders. This uh, um, yeah, this kind right. of uh, big you're brother. Right. You're right. You said that you have the big brother. You said the threshold, or you find the threshold, and then they apply as they do for most things the boil the, the, the boiling frog te uh, technique. You know. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's it. You know. You, you just don't realize it. All of the sudden, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Very old technique, not just nowadays technique. It's uh, no. I think it's been around for a while. As usual, as always, right? There are uh, you know we were talking about fishing before. Fishing is not a new thing, so the the old techniques always work better. Yeah. So uh, Valerio, I I really think that we should stop unfortunately here. Uh, it has been so so interesting, uh, both for the news and and I think we actually uh, you know uh, actually spread a lot. Uh, compared to, to what the, what was what were the initial topics and and I think that that's really good I think that's the the purpose that's the point of uh, all of these projects the more you can talk the more you know you can share ideas share opinions the more you can um, you know you can grow basically right uh, and you always need someone else you can do something you can do a part of it uh, alone on your own you can read the news and make your own opinions but you will read about something that you don't know about in you know very deeply uh, and you can share ideas with someone who actually does or someone that just has a different point of view on the same thing and they completely change your uh, your opinion on that so again thank you very much this was so interesting hopefully it was even you know for you and the people who are watching and listening yes and uh, yeah i i'll definitely you know uh, Try to disturb you uh, once again to, to join another. Uh, it was very good. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, really much uh, enjoyed the conversation, sincerely. And uh, thank you very much to you and uh, our listeners or watchers, I should say. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, as, as, uh, you know, as always, I am, if you um, didn't make to, to uh, watch the live streaming, uh, I will re-upload very soon the video on YouTube and uh, Spotify. So feel free to have a look at those and uh, let us uh, know uh, what your uh, you know, feedback about our conversation, but also all on, on all of the news um, that we spoke about. So that's all. Thank you very much, uh, everyone, again. And uh, have a good night, good uh, you know, day, whatever uh, you have in front of you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ciao. Thank you.